0: I'm so excited for you to hear Susan's story, but before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that my new book that contains all of my favorite and research-backed exercises and strategies to improve walking, strength, and balance is officially released this week. I'm so excited. You can find it on Amazon in 13 different countries. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to grab a copy or even if you just want to learn more about it. The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence? The list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to The Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On this episode, I have Missing Link member and one-on-one client, Susan, who shares a bit about her journey with MS and how she's been able to improve her walking, stand longer, and reduce her pain, even with progressive MS of 14 years and spinal lesions. Susan, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Oh, it's wonderful to be here.
0: Yeah. So, of course, we're going to go into your story, your MS, your journey so far, and how you've seen improvements. But before we do, is it okay if I ask you a question from my interview deck? Sure. Awesome. Okay. Your question is What gives you butterflies in your stomach?
1: Well, actually, I think sometimes just walking outside, even with my walker, I literally get butterflies in my stomach because I'm worried that I'm not going to walk as well. And I won't be able to practice some of the things that I've learned and things like that. So I guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind.
0: Yeah. It's such a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today too, because MS for most people, at least most clients that I've worked with is on the mind all the time. You know, It it impacts us daily. So that's a, a perfect segue. So can you first give people, before we get into what you've done that's helped and didn't help and where you're at now, can you give our listeners a bit of information about where you're at on your journey? What type of MS do you have? How'd you get to where you are now? Sure.
1: So I was diagnosed 14 years ago A few years before that, I would be walking with a friend and all of a sudden my left leg would start, I'd start limping, I could barely lift my leg. It was like I cement and we'd stop and I wouldn't know what was going on and I'd rest. And then I would 10 minutes, I'd get back up and I could do it again. And that literally, I went to the doctor maybe six months later and nothing and so that literally went on for about almost 2 years and i went to an orthopedic doctor at that point and he then did a neurological and said you need to go to a neurologist and that's kind of where it started and so at that so at that point the main thing that was really going on for me was the the limping and the limping and mobility and it was very frustrating
0: Yeah. And so I'm just curious because a lot of my clients had symptoms well, well, well before their diagnosis. And then even when they did get a diagnosis, it may have not been MS. It may have been something different. When you went to the neurologist, did they diagnose you with MS right away or what was that? They did
1: actually in retrospect. So I had that situation with the walking. And before that, I had a few things that I told them a couple of years before I was walking into work, and both my legs went numb, but it only went numb for a minute or two, which is a really long time when your legs go numb, but yeah. they said they don't count that as an exacerbation or anything, it needs to be 24 hours, so I had a few things where I thought back and had a little numbness or whatever, but they didn't count that, so that was kind of confusing to me. But um, when I went to the neurologist, they did a spinal tap and and brain and spine MRIs. At the time, I had nothing in the brain but I had a decent amount in the spine. So they did it, and my and my spinal tap, my lumbar puncture, did show what's called clonal bands, And I had a lot of them. So yes, they diagnosed right away. But they didn't right away tell me that it was primary progressiveness which eventually that was the diagnosis, but they had to kind of wait and get more information. And because I had so many plaques in my spine, that's very indicative of primary progressive. And I was 50, 50-ish when I 52 when I was diagnosed. So between those kinds of things, they, after, within the year, they made the primary progressive. Um, which was uh, bad for me, for many ways. In many ways, but at that point, fourteen years ago, there were no disease modifying medicine. Primary um, right. progressive, so it was extremely frustrating. I was on the, I was on the internet day and night, you know, trying to figure out what to do. I did go to for a, to a study I found at the National Institute of Health, that didn't work or help, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I did go to quite a few physical therapists and even a neurological. The neurological was kind of gave me some exercises and sent me on my way. I had some pain at some times. So I went to ones that were orthopedic and was do these exercises and I'll see ya. And it was just, and through the years, I've had so many experiences with going to physical therapy, trying once and once again to Get more help. Be on the right direction. Figure out what to do to improve my walking. And I just never had very specific or anything. I'd strengthen a little bit, but nothing real specific.
0: That was that helpful. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that you had primary progressive. That that's what you were diagnosed with, and also that you had spinal lesions, because. I find that a lot of people with primary progressive and also, or any form of progressive for that matter, even secondary progressive, they feel that they can't improve simply because it's progressive. Similarly, there's a lot of research on neuroplasticity and the possibility of neuroplasticity to improve strength balance walking for people with brain lesions there's very little research on neuroplasticity for spinal lesions. So I find that a lot of my clients or just people in general with MS with spinal lesions don't think they can improve. So it'll be interesting when we get to the part where you share, share the improvements that you've seen. I I hope that's one thing that people take away is that it is possible. I know research hasn't really gone there yet, but there are things that you can do to start working in the right way on your body and on your MS. Would would you say that's true too?
1: Oh, I agree with that totally. And I really didn't think, you know, that I could, I thought I have foot, I have foot drop and oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, obviously I I would, you know, try to, you know, move my ankles and this and that and work on the door selection. But, you know, I thought, oh, well, I just have that and that's it. I also didn't realize at the time how involved the whole body is in even foot drop or my hip flexor strength. I had weak hip flexors and I couldn't figure out how it all went together pretty much until I started working with you.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, since you were maybe a little bit hesitant and weren't really sure what was possible, what caused you to reach out to me and to want to work with me?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I had seen a few things online and programs and whatever, but I think because yours is the idea, it just, everything about it is so clear and made a lot of sense. And I, and then, I mean, work the one-to-one was a no-brainer. There was no question I wanted to do that. But your whole program in totality is, I think it's very unique. It's very individualized and I think very easy now that I'm starting to do it. There's so much yet it's easy to maneuver and manage.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great feedback. And can you recap for us? You've mentioned a few of your symptoms. You mentioned foot drop, walking in general. Can you mention some more of the symptoms that you were experiencing right before we were working together that led to some of the goals that we set?
1: Okay. So related to my walking, I had tried the walk aid and I used it for several years. And at first I thought it was helpful. It was annoying because you couldn't wear straight leg pants or things like that. And so I wasn't thrilled, but I used it because it did help me. And I think it gave me more energy. But as time went on, I realized that my body mechanics were not great. I would I couldn't bend my knee to give a decent. So my walking didn't look good. And it just seemed like it was not good for my body mechanics. So I stopped using it and trying to look for something else. As time went on, I guess I realized that I was trying to figure out what it was that my walking was poorly. So I knew about, you know, bending my leg and having straight leg, you know, things like that. So I think at the time I realized that my hip flexors were weak. My hamstrings were weak. My dorsiflexion was weak, particularly my left side and my left arm strength and a lot of my, my hand strength, you know, those were all, all weak. I had a lot of pain. I had pain in my neck. I had pain in my hip. I had pain in my back. You know, I had pain in, and then through the years, I had a lot of kind of muscle tightness and spasticity. And I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand very long without holding on to my walker. I have used my walker now. I, I was just thinking about it. And i used my walker for nine years. And I was working through some of those years as a speech pathologist in a school. But I dug it out, worked with my walker for three years for, for I think, let's see, what was it? Yeah, for six, probably four years and a couple years of a cane there. So, you know, that was difficult. But I had all these different things going on and nothing I was doing And I don't want to keep taking medicine. I didn't think it was even helping. And as I said, you know, I looked online for different things. And that's where I came upon you. I think I saw it on either Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, and oh, I took your, that first five-day challenge. Oh, yes.
0: The five-day MS strength challenge. And that
1: was it. And that's what I was like. And then I'm like, it was like a light bulb went off. These are the kinds, it's just what you said in those areas. Talking about neuroplasticity and the possibilities, and then I was hooked.
0: Yeah, and so, so that that was a, such a great recap of your symptoms, and I think it it really painted a picture of how of what a lot of people do, where they have a symptom, maybe you know with their walking or something, and they do something to help improve that, like the Walk Aid. But if you're not including the right exercises in addition to that it's just a cascade of other things that can, not always, but can result in weakness in other muscle groups. And then in your situation, pain, and that pain was a big thing that we were working on in the beginning with trying to calm down the certain muscles that were overcompensating and then wake up the muscles that weren't working at all. So that was a really And you had said too, you had been to an orthopedic physical therapist and even a neuro physical therapist and it just, it wasn't the same. No,
1: no, absolutely not. The orthopedic, you know, with all respect, I felt it was basically giving me exercises and even maybe doing some manual massage type thing. But I I go to a massage therapist, which was far, you know, better than, than, the five minutes of massage I was getting with the orthopedic physical therapist. So after a short period of time, I didn't like that. But I, did, I went to through the years several thinking, well, maybe this one will work, this situation. But it really wasn't the right thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. and the same thing I went to Neuro, and it just the focus I think that you have of breaking things down, like walking into the different five, you know, parts, something like that. That is one thing that's huge, and the second thing that was huge for me was when you'd make modifications, and I had never seen some of these modifications. So the fact that no one had ever told me, I, I, even with my neurologist, I'd sit in his chair and he'd say, "Okay, lift your, you know, lift your leg," Then you know, with sitting down, just lift it, and I couldn't do it sitting like that. But you said, "Try laying back." And doing your marching that way. And all of a sudden, I could do it on both sides. And then I started doing the marching in either walk-in tub. And I have the water up there. And I started because I had done it in the pool. So I started doing it in in the walk-in tub with using the water. And it was, oh, my gosh, I'm getting it to move. You know, so that was one thing. The second modification that was huge was having my legs straight out for my dorsiflexion. Because I could not do any dorsiflexion on my left leg until I had both my legs had my legs straight out. So that was a huge one. Another one was I had worked with one of the neurophysical therapists related to my my hamstring strength, but it was more, it was just the sitting up and like the sliding thing. But if I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. You know, it's like I okay. So when you said, started by the lying on the side and that's improved significantly now too I'm always amazed that even my left one my right one is stronger I strengthen the neural pathway for that one and the left leg I think I found a new neural pathway because
0: laying on my side I can do it and if I'm sitting up it's better yeah. And when we first started, if I'm remembering correctly, when we first started, you weren't able to bend that left knee at all, even in this sideline position. Is that right? Right. That's right. Yeah. I- I'm so glad you mentioned that because modifying, in my opinion, is so important and necessary because if you think about it, if you were told at the neurologist's office to lift your leg and you couldn't, a lot of people assume all right well i can't do it what's next you know it's almost like you write it off like well what else can i do but there's so many ways that you can do every exercise you are a perfect example of finding a version a modified version that works for you getting really good at it so you're strengthening those neural pathways so much so that you then do it in a different position get really good at it there and then a different position and each position is working towards a more functional position. And what I want to point out for our listeners too, with that specific exercise of bending your knee is that initially you did it lying on your side and you couldn't do it. You strengthened enough so that you could do it in that position. So then you did it seated and you built up to a point where now when you're walking, you're bending your knee more. Is that right?
1: That's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still
1: have to say on um, my walking on my left is still tough. I am mean, um, I'm Standing up, that, that's still tough for me. I'm not quite there standing.
0: However, if I'm in water, I can do it with my left. Absolutely. And think about it too. You've had MS for 14 years. So the work that, that you and I did in a little over three months is huge progress, but it's only three months out of 14 years. So imagine the progress that you'll see when you continue doing these moving forward. That's yeah, very exciting to me because.
1: You know, sometimes I think all of us get to a point where we're working on a program or whatever, and at a certain point, you're just stagnant. You're not really making that much, you know, improvement, and you get really frustrated, and then you don't want to do it because none of us, if you don't have success, you you just want to quit. So I think that, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air to start something new that I feel really confident about, Mm -hmm. and I'm having success. So therefore, it changes my whole dynamic of how I feel about my exercise program and, you know, I guess my life in general and what potential I might have.
0: Absolutely. And another thing too that you mentioned is one of your symptoms, which is something that we focused on a lot, especially in the beginning, was the pain that you had. And if I remember correctly, I believe you were saying that at its worst, it was about an eight out of a 10. And then at its best, it was about a four or five. And you were able to improve that to the point where it was still there, but at best it was a two out of a 10. And at worst, I think maybe it was a five or six. So another good example of it's still there. You still have to put in the work, but it's better and it doesn't impact you as significantly. Right. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: One of my favorite goals that you met was we set a goal that well, actually the initial goal was that you would be able to stand for five minutes because at the time you were only able to stand for up to two minutes. And by the time we were done working together, I was so excited. You said you could stand for over 20 minutes. You didn't even know the number, but well over 20. And that is just huge because. I mean, you can share your experience, but the longer you can stand, the more functional you can be, and the more you can just do things throughout the day. How has that impacted your life? Well, oh, so much! And the thing is, I think part of it was not
1: only did the bracing that you taught me help and the whole core strength for for walking, but and for standing, but I was happy, one of the reasons I couldn't stand was not only because of the core strength it was because I was putting too much weight on my right hip that was killing me. And so once I I kind of evened it out, that made a difference. I wasn't putting all that weight on and I was like be massaging a little bit while I was standing. And then that was why I was able to do it.
0: Yeah, and that's such a, a good point of how important fine tuning is. Something as simple as when you're standing, shift your weight this way. It can make a world of a difference, especially when you've had symptoms for a long time that are leading to other symptoms. In your case, it was pain from overuse.
1: And I feel like my posture, because of my core and everything, whether it's sitting posture, with my posture, whether it's sitting, standing, has improved such that I'm feeling a lot more confident let, or you know, working on reaching out or or whatever, different pot different balance exercises. I feel much more confident just leaning down and picking something up from the floor. And even standing. I mean, obviously, I'll hold on to my walk or hold on to a table, but I feel, I'm much more confident about picking something up from the floor. So that's that's huge. That is huge. I don't, and I also feel there's an element to my posture that's a, that's better such that I feel like if I'm going to maybe think I'm going to fall, I feel like I can correct it better than I used to be able to do.
0: Wow. I mean, that also is huge because think about how many times we feel off balance unexpectedly. And if you don't have the ability to quickly make a move, then oftentimes that does result in a fall, if not at the very least tripping. So right, that's- Right, right, right. And you're walking too. Initially, you were able to walk for about three to five minutes with your rollator. And by the time we were done working together, I believe it was about 10 minutes or maybe even a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, it was up to, yeah, up to 10, depending on the day. Depending right. on a lot of it's depending on what the pain happens to be that day. And the other thing is focusing on those steps. I can't do them, you know, extremely well right now, but I have a focus on the five steps of the walking, which is coming along. And I do um like to also focus on on when I find when when I do take that step of hitting with my heel versus my toe where I used to trip. And wow. I definitely. I remember at one point you talked about something about if you do toe dragging as a type of foot drop, which I definitely have. I looked at the front of one pair of my shoes and they're all messed up. And I'm thinking that's exactly what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So people might be wondering right now, well, what did you do to be able to stand longer, bend your knee more, walk longer, even though there are days where it is still not as good as other days. You're still seeing improvements. What did you do? So can you explain a bit about, not necessarily like exactly what exercises you did, but did you exercise seven days a week or two days? How long did your exercises take you? What was your program like?
1: Okay, so I would do the majority of the MS-specific exercises. I would do it five days a week. I used to be the kind of person that would need to get my exercise done in the morning. And I might do a few things here and there during the day. But that's what I, but then I remember one time you said something about that, you know, it's kind of good to do your exercises sometimes at different times in the day. But if it was too late, I would be tired and I'm not I'm not doing it. So I try to get them in the morning. But what I did was I did, I generally woke up every morning and I stretched, I've been stretching before I get out of bed, which is huge for my pain. And before I go to sleep. So that's been a religious thing I've been doing every day. I exercise in the morning and sometimes I do do it for an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And then later in the day, I may, you know, do a little bit this exercise or that exercise. On the weekends, I would do, which I haven't talked about, but I love the option of having your MS-specific exercise videos, so the video classes. So I would do a class or I do a yoga class, which in the beginning I thought, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. But the seated yoga is so good and so helpful. So I'm focusing on trying to get in. And I think that's good for my pain as well. So I've been trying to get into classes on the weekends, but I also add in, someone had asked a question once to you about, well, what if you do a class and it doesn't have some of the MS-specific exercises? So just throw them in. So that's what I do sometimes. I'll just add a few of those in addition. And I do that on the weekends. But I also, I don't beat myself up like I used to do as much about, oh my gosh, I have to you know, get this done and I have to do this much done. I do what I get done. If something gets in the way, I I do allow myself to do it later. And I find this program allows me to do that, whereas other programs or exercises I've done in the past, I just, I always felt like guilty, you know, if I didn't get everything done, I was supposed to get done in the morning in this particular time, but now I think, you know what, I can do it later, and I do, so I guess in a nutshell, I do it every day, approximately an hour, sometimes more, and then I add some other things in later in the day, and the weekends, I do the classes, and then once in a while during the week, I'll do a class too. Or I may do a class late late afternoon if I have the energy to do that. But I always feel good about it, and I also feel good about the MS specific exercises because once I know them, I can be listening to you know a, a podcast. Which, by the way, I love your podcasts. Oh, so good. I do those all the time too. They've been so helpful. But I'll listen to podcasts and do those. So that's how yeah. I get it.
0: I think my favorite thing of what you just said is that you give yourself grace and you feel good about what you're doing because it's so underrated. But how you feel when you're exercising and after you exercise plays such an important role. In your consistency. And if you don't feel good, if you're beating yourself up, if you think, well, I should have done this longer or I should have added this, you don't feel good and you're not going to stay consistent. And then you're not going to see the results that you want to see. And so you mentioned, you know, you gave yourself grace. If you didn't get to it one day or if you just completely switch up your plan, it's okay. And look where it's gotten you. You're giving other people permission to to give themselves grace. And that that won't mean that you'll completely derail yourself. It's still possible to see results.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: That's so great. Wow. Well, this has been really insightful. And one thing too, before we completely move on from that topic of what was your plan? So everyone that I work with has a different plan. So some people are exercising for up to 30 minutes a day instead of an hour or others, it's completely throughout the day. There's not any one time throughout the day where they're exercising for more than five minutes because that's what works best for their schedule. Or maybe they do a ton of classes or no classes. So there's so many different components that you've talked about, Susan. The classes are awesome. The individual MS specific exercises. One thing with working one-on-one with me is that we design that together. So we talk about your lifestyle. We talk about your preferences, and you have that plan. So you know exactly what to do, and it doesn't feel overwhelming or chaotic.
1: Exactly, and that made a, that made a huge difference. I feel like I am just in a really good place, and and I can I also kind of know where I can add in some things. I like your index, and to look to see. What other exercises I can maybe add in for balance or for my hip flexors or for my, you know, hamstrings or whatever else I maybe need that day. So I think that's outstanding
0: awesome and for those listening if you don't know what that is the index is part of the missing link where it has a bunch of different categories of symptoms or goals that you might be working towards and it tells you exactly what exercises to do to improve that symptom or work towards the, that goal and my favorite way to use that is exactly as you just said Susan where you've got a few spare minutes like let me pick an exercise that's perfect for what I'm working towards
1: exactly it's really a brilliant
0: program. Oh, yeah, well, thank you. Is there any final words that you would say to anyone with MS who's maybe struggling, maybe isn't feeling hopeful, but they have goals of improving their walking, improving their confidence and their mobility? Well, I think, you know, as I said,
1: just if you um, give yourself the chance to look at this program and focus on what you need, there really is anything and everything there for you Depend, no matter what you want to focus on. And if you like classes better, there's classes. If you want to just work on one exercise, you know, a few times a day or multiple exercises, it's just a wide variety. One thing I didn't mention was the community, the Facebook group, which is really helpful. The opportunity to be in contact with you and your Facebook live every week, I think, is wonderful. And even if you miss it, all of those things are recorded. And if you belong to the MS, the missing link, you can, you know, listen to those at a different time. But I think they're uplifting. They keep you in the in the know of what's going on, what opportunities there are, and I, and what guest speakers you have that have also been fantastic. So I think all of those things are really great. So I would just recommend know the missing link so highly it's been so helpful for me and I think it will be it'll really give everyone a lot of of hope and and wonderful guidance.
0: Oh well thank you Susan and yeah if you are interested in looking into the missing link I'll put the link in the show notes where you can learn a bit about it. There's a behind the scenes video I'm a very visual learner so I like to see exactly what I'm getting myself into. So there will be a video there or if you did want more of the one-on-one approach which is definitely for you if you want that one-on-one guidance. The Missing Link is amazing. There's still lots of opportunities every single month, even weekly to chat with me individually too. But if you do wanna work one-on-one to create that custom program, I'll put that application in the show notes as well. But Susan, thank you so much. I think your story and your journey is so inspiring, which is why I wanted to interview for this podcast. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Gretchen. You're such a gift to everybody, and I thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes, along with links to my social media handles.